trabajamos en la oscuridad para servir a la luz. Somos asesinos. Felicitations, fellow traveller, and join us on this Ballyhoo episode as we discuss a work described by some as the video game, as the finest video game adaptation ever. I'm sorry, I didn't write these notes. Who the fuck has described this as the finest video game adaptation ever made, Kev? There is quite a chunk of very, very positive reviews on uh, Metacritic and also on IMDb. I'm so, going to have to have a look at the Rotten Tomatoes because I'm sorry. That, that's, that's, <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. So, yeah. But described by some as the finest video game adaptation ever made, but just fuck knows why. And sloppy by others. Uh, with an IMDb score of 5.9, a decidedly underwhelming Metacritic score of 36, and a scathing Rotten Tomatoes rating of 17% on the tomato. Oh, meter. what a winner. Yeah. Uh, the film we're discussing here is 2016's... I don't even want to call it a film, but 2016's Assassin's Creed. Somehow, this this got put on celluloid. Yeah! Which is not cheap. And, uh, yeah, it makes me angry that that film, precious film, got wasted for this mess. Anyway, on this episode, we have myself, Mark Hamer, steering this box of screams in the beautifully rural Northamptonshire. We have (laughs) our special guest Nick Jones from the good old sunny US of A and Kevin Moore in a dungeon somewhere in the People's Republic of Yorkshire. Good evening gentlemen. Good evening sir. Good evening. What you're feeling right now is normal. It's uncomfortable. First off, we're going to have a little bit of a ramble about our personal histories of the Assassin's Creed series before sinking our teeth into the movie itself. God knows why. <laughs> Kev, you've probably got the least experience with Assassin's Creed. Have you played any of the games? Um, absolutely some experience in Assassin's <laughs> Creed. Um, I've played the first one. I didn't play a great deal of that and thought, no, this really isn't floating my boat because it was a weird controller set up for the Xbox 360, mm-hmm. if I remember rightly. Mm-hmm. And then for some bizarre reason... I was duped into playing Assassin's Creed 2, which got even worse because that was just like a free-running postman for most of the first part of it. So I I just don't understand it. But again, I've packed in playing that as well. So I think I've probably played as much Assassin's Creed as I've actually watched this film. Fair enough. Okay, Nick, I trust you've played a a bit more of the series. I've played up through up to Black Flag. So I've played most of them. Oh, right. I guess, okay. I guess. Assassin's Creed 2, I want to say I actually like 100%ed that game. What? Um so collecting all the feathers the whole nine. Oh my yeah. god. Oh dear. I, I can't I can't lie. I like stabbing people, so running around <laughs> and stabbing people it worked out. That's that's all I got. Um but since like I I I've heard Black Flag is great, but I haven't played it yet. Obviously, I, it's one of the games that was games with gold, and I had purchased it before that, anyways. But I haven't gotten around to playing that one yet. But then after that, what Rogue and Unity? All I heard was um, dumpster fires on those, so I haven't even tried those ones. But yeah, I I like when they first came out. Like you were saying, it's just like uh, we're running around and doing deliveries, basically. But um, 
Like I have the special editions of one and three. So I have the giant flag and the statue of Connor from three and the the giant tin of one. But I enjoyed the games for what they were, but now that like they're all the same, every game is okay. You're just gonna run around and do this and it's the same. So there's definitely a format and they're sticking to it. Yes indeed. <laughs> Here, go unlock this tower. Okay, now you know where all the stuff is. <laughs> go stab this guy. Unlock that tower. Stab yep. that guy. But um, has has anybody else played any of the what are they the Chronicles games? I think they are like the side scrolling no. games. I've, no, I haven't played any of them. I've played a little. Uh, well, I don't know how much of the China one because that was one of the games with golds uh, on Xbox. So I've played through some of it, but it's basically just a side-scrolling game with the um like assassin's creed name on it you know what i mean like there's no like climb the towers or any of that stuff it's uh, okay you're starting here and you're running to the other end of the map basically Mm. but the china one's okay i haven't played any other ones though there's india and russia as well i think i think so in the chronicles ones yeah i haven't played any of those i picked up the uh first one back when I was still at university and uh, my house spent the time had an Xbox 360 and I was interested enough in the games I went out and bought a copy of it uh, to play it was fine it was massively flawed but it was an interesting concept I hadn't really seen anything like that before Uh, so despite the massive flaws and the fact that for some reason Altair had an American accent and everybody else around him had (laughs) vaguely Middle Eastern accents. Yeah, for for all of its flaws, I kind of enjoyed that one. Uh, And then Assassin's Creed 2 came out and I picked that one up on PC back in 09 and really, really enjoyed that one. I I thought... uh, um, Ezio was a great character and, and got really quite invested in that and had it was just nice to be able to run around uh, uh, Renaissance Florence um, and a few other little bits and play, uh, pieces you go off to do um, and then Assassin's Creed Brotherhood kind of like improved on it a little bit and then Assassin's Creed Revelations was where it started to get a little bit silly <laughs> uh, and then Assassin's Creed 3 was just boring as fuck <laughs> and then assassin's creed 4 black flag is a masterpiece i will like i i i love that game i will defend it to the ends of this earth it's it's an incredible game partly because uh it does away with the most annoying part of the of one of the most annoying things about the assassin's creed series which is the actual story um the whole <laughs> assassin's v templars thing uh, it's quite funny in so you play a guy called Edward Kenway. He only gets uh, he's, he's like a pirate. The only reason he gets involved in the the uh, assassins and tempest thing is because he nicks the clothes off a dead assassin uh, and kind of gets roped into that. But he doesn't give a shit about either side in that fight and just wants to do pirate things. And so you spend almost all of that game not doing assassins creedy things. He's just a pirate who just happens to have wrist blades and all that nonsense. So I love that game. It's just a great pirate game. Uh, I didn't get Rogue. I uh, didn't get Unity because it was uh, apparently a just a mess, complete mess. <laughs> um, and picked up Assassin's Creed Syndicate about a year after it came out uh, and quite enjoyed that, actually. Uh, it still had... It feels like they hadn't really changed the engine at all since 2007. Uh, so you still had the stupid feet problem of you're on a foot chase on the street and you run a little bit too close to a lamppost and instead of running past it, you decide to try and climb up the lamppost so you end up losing your target. Um, but 
aside from that and the massively disappointing final boss and nonsense final cutscene of that game it was quite fun to run around victorian london um and the introduction of like playing two different characters was kind of fun I haven't had any, any real wish to go back and play Unity. I'm not that bothered about playing the Chronicles games. Apparently, Assassin's Creed Rogue's got naval combat in it, which is one of the things that was best about Assassin's Creed 4, but I still can't be asked to go back and play it. I'm not that excited about the the, the idea of another one, even though they've taken a year off to work on it. I don't... I still think... I think that it's just too tired. I'm done with that franchise, I think. I can agree with that. But I will still, to this day... <laughs> Uh, every now and then, load up Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag just to go pirating. Yeah, I need to start playing that. Once you get into like the end game, uh, and you've got like your your ship fully upgraded, and you can just wreck everything on the high seas, and you're sailing around the Caribbean, and you, your crew singing some sea shanties, and then you get into a massive fight with a big Spanish uh, man of war. Uh, it's really good fun. The thing I liked about uh, Assassin's Creed 3 is I live outside of Boston, so all of like the stuff that happened around here that was the like the quote-unquote cool part of that you know what i mean but yeah overall the game was pretty dull that's one of the things that's been really really good about and and we're going to get into when we talk about the film because it's one of the things that they that completely miss out of the film is that it's nice to uh, uh, at the same time as being like a bit of a murder tourism game so it's like mm-hmm. go to this place that you've, <laughs> this place in time and run around and kill people um is they did a really good job of like tying in real world historical elements as well like uh, in assassin's creed 2 there was the whole thing with the with the medicis uh and yeah in assassin's creed 3 it's during the um the, the war of independence uh and whatnot and you get involved in like the boston tea party and things like that if i remember correctly yep it's kind of cool uh and there's there's some real world historical elements to all of the all of the games that i've played so to a, a greater or lesser extent that was the big thing about the first one is like all of your um assassination targets in the original assassin's creed were people who died or disappeared under mysterious circumstances in the middle east at that time um huh. so they've always tied in a little bit of historicalness about it um which i quite like but Assassin's Creed 3, the problem with that was like the protagonist was boring as hell. <laughs> yes, he was. I think you'll find that the movie has tied in quite a lot of real-world events. Doesn't anybody remember the wave of men killing their wives in Mexico in 1986 for a star? <laughs> um, well, yeah, I suppose we better get onto that. We're, we better get into the... sink our teeth into the rotten meat and soggy potatoes of this film. <laughs> the apple is within our grasp. Why did you pull him? We have to keep him healthy. And I know he'll lead us to it. Push him. The Assassin's Creed movie, as the blurb says, when Callum Lynch explores the memories of his ancient ancestor Aguila, or Aguila, and gains the skills of a master assassin, he discovers he is the descendant of the secret assassin society, and then, fuck, fuck, shit, (laughs) bollocks. This film, when it was first announced... For some weird reason, at first, I was quite excited about it uh, because it was directed by Justin Kurtzel, who just come off the back of making a very, very good adaptation of Macbeth. Yeah. Uh, also starring Michael Fassbender and Marion Cotillard. Um, 
And then you, you see Michael Fassbender's a producer on it. And then you start seeing the cast listings. like Michael Fassbender, Marianne Cotillard, Jeremy Irons, Brendan Gleeson, Charlotte Rampling, Michael K. Williams. And you start to think, okay, this is really good. And then I sat down and thought about it. I was like, mm, it's going to be a film about the Assassin's creed side of the Assassin's Creed games. And that stuff's wank. So... Um, <laughs> I was, yeah, I went from being quite excited to thinking, no, this is just going to be garbage uh, and and nobody's going to come out of this looking particularly good. Uh, And I was right. Nobody comes out of this film looking good. (laughs) No, you weren't. You're you're completely wrong. The person that does walk away from this completely scot-free is the cinematographer. It looks amazing. I'll give it that, yeah. Um, Adam Akapor. Yeah. Um, was the director of photography, and he it, it does look stunning. <laughs> it's a pity there's nothing to it. <laughs> it's incredibly dark. Uh, I was watching it on my laptop, and I had to turn the brightness all the way up to be able to see what was happening. That's a mistake. So yeah, kudos to the the director of photography. Maybe not the lighting director, or the writers, or the writers, or the director, <laughs> or the producers, or the actors. I hear the catering was really good. Yeah, probably. Yeah, craft services <laughs> are probably great. <laughs> Do we even want to talk about how this film came about? Why? Why did it come about? We know it came about because Assassin's Creed is one of the, is a massive blockbuster movie franchise. If it wasn't going to be Assassin's Creed, it would have been Call of Duty the movie or... But we've already got that. That's Saving Private Ryan. Uh, what? Come on. Saving Private <laughs> Ryan's a good film. <laughs> yeah. At least Ryan doesn't go into space. True. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many times are, is Hollywood going to have a stab at making a... Uh, movie adaptation of a video game and not fuck it up colossally mm. because there have been so many attempts I mean there have been three separate attempts with the Hitman franchise and <laughs> they've all been garbage and um, let's not forget Alone in the Dark with Christine Slater what a film yeah, then there's Max um, Payne yeesh. yeah yeah that was awesome I liked the bullet time in that see there's Doom which was not a good movie I, oh, I did- love the 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 it's, first person part on that, that is brilliant. That's what I was just going to say. That was fantastic. <laughs> that's a good sequence. That's a good yeah. sequence. And then and then The Rock dropping, uh, saying fuck every other word because it's like, hey, I'm The Rock and this is an R-rated movie. In case you didn't know, it's R-rated. <laughs> it was literally every other word. But that yeah. movie, like you said, the, the first person scene was fantastic. It's like, just, just do that the whole time. Which yep. I guess they, they tr- someone tried they that with Hardcore with Henry. Hardcore Henry. <laughs> yep. And that movie's a train wreck. <laughs> But yeah, it was entertaining. Like I was entertained with that, but it was it was definitely a train wreck. Um, it's got Carl Urban in it as well, and he's always massively watchable. Yep. Yeah, I do like Carl Urban. Yep. Yeah, we won't go into the whole pre-production nonsense of how this game came about. <laughs> Somebody said, "Let's make an Assassin's Creed film." Ubisoft said, "Yes, please." They somehow managed to rope in a, a promising director and a decent cast of actors, and then everything fell apart. Um, so the plot is. Awful. There's a plot. <laughs> In the late 1400s during the Granada War, um, Aguila de Nerja, or Agui, Aguila, Aguila, Agui, we'll just call him Agui. Angus. Oh, Agui is accepted. Angus is accepted into the, <laughs> uh, is accepted into the Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. He's assigned to protect Prince Ahmed de Granada. Why? And then it, <laughs> don't, uh, just, uh, because the Templars want him dead because but, they're on the side of the Inquisition. Oh, and God. Uh, the assassins are on the side of the Ottomans. I, I don't know. I didn't get that um, from the film at all. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm just extrapolating because it yeah. doesn't explain it. Go on um, then. 
1986, uh, yeah, they did fast forwards this to 1986, and we meet a young Callum Lynch, and he returns home to find that his mum's been killed by his dad, uh, who's a modern day assassin, and then a bunch of gunmen turn up, led by Jeremy Irons, who must have been, I don't know, desperate for work. He did Dungeons and Dragons, don't forget. Yeah, that's true. That's oh yeah, true. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, he's the head of the Abstergo Foundation, which will be a name familiar the to Absurdo anyone who's played Foundation. Zing! <laughs> no, <laughs> but that's a name that will be familiar to anyone who's played the games. Um, they're a modern Templar company. <sighs> yeah, I know. Shit, Starbucks, whatever. And then it fast forwards to sometime in 2016, and then a grown-up Callum, played by Michael Fassbender, is sentenced to death for murdering a pimp. Oh um, right, yeah. He Didn't explains that, that at one point. Yeah, at one, it's just like it's just like you killed, and he says like I can't remember what the language he says. You killed a pimp, um, and then that's just left as it was. Yeah. Uh, so pimpicide is I don't yeah. No explanation as to why he killed a pimp or anything like that, but he's sentenced to death and then he gets executed and then revived somehow or the execution is faked and he gets kidnapped by Abstergo and then they take him to some facility in Madrid and he's told that the Templars are searching for an apple that contains some genetic code for free will <laughs> and then needs to subjugate the human race and... Um, uh, and stay with it, stay with it. Played, sorry. <clears throat> oh, Jesus slap myself a bit right um then a doctor sophia played by marion cotillard who is jeremy irons's daughter but french um yeah and the head scientist she reveals to callum that he is the descendant of this guy angus aguila angus (laughs) aggie uh, and conscripts him into the animus which doesn't look anything like it did in 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 the games at all it looks something looks like a cross between the thing in, that you plug into in the Matrix and GLaDOS from Portal. Yeah. Do you remember the trailer? The trailer showed him walking through the Animus, which was like a white fog. But that's never seen anywhere in the film. I remember that from the trailer at the beginning of last year and thinking, actually, that looks quite cool. But that's just never seen again. That's definitely not in the film. Yeah, all I could think of is... um. Toy Story, the claw is our master. That's it. Just <laughs> jumping around as the claw. claw. Yeah, so basically the whole plot is that Abstergo want an apple, um, this metal apple. And so they're going to use Callum. Is his name Callum? Yeah, Callum. Um, Michael Fassbender's character to go back in time and relive the, the distant memories of his ancestor, Aguilar, also played by Michael Fassbender, which is something that never happens in the games. It's like, um, Desmond, who is the the modern day person who gets plugged into the Animus in the first few games, um, bears a somewhat close-ish resemblance to his ancestors um, Ezio and Altair beforehand, but he doesn't look literally the fucking same. So it's Michael Fassbender playing both roles. The only difference is his old Spanish version's got a bit of a beard and a face tattoo um, and brown eyes and brown eyes. And speaks flawless Spanish, I must say. Absolutely. Beautiful. He meets a bunch of other people who were also kidnapped by the Abstergo. And they had, they had, well, because they'd all been in the Animus because they had ancestors who were assassins. So like Michael K. Williams character, Mm. his ancestor was a, was an assassin and also a voodoo witch doctor. Yeah. From 200 Um, years ago. Yeah. uh, And all that shit. And then 
stuff happens. They rescue a boy, and then they get kidnapped, and then they're not kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> but this is where it doesn't make sense because they are. This they is actually where it doesn't do make know. sense. Well, well, one of the parts. <laughs> I'll, I will correct that. Yes, fair enough. This is one of the bits where it doesn't make sense. They know in advance that uh, Fastbender's character is the one that they need. You know, because they uh, were able to say, oh yeah, he goes back to this, and he's the last man to hold the apple, right? And they know that it's in 1492 that he dies, which is 500 years previously, which makes this year 1992, not 2016, mofos. But anyway, aside from that... Wow. Why did they... I didn't pick up on that. Amongst all the other bullshit, I did not pick (laughs) up on that. You've got to watch closely. (laughs) And do maths. (laughs) <laughs> it, the movie turned my brain my brain to mush there was no math involved <laughs> yeah it, no, it doesn't make any sense at all but like, that's it they, they do but know that's that- the thing it's like the, 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 the whole assassin's nonsense stuff in the games made absolutely no sense at all anyways like yeah the, all the way through the games they're searching for this apple of Eden and then they finally get it and then they speak to some ancient being and then there's something about the sun's going to explode or something like that, and then it doesn't, and then Desmond dies, and then and then they try to brush all that stuff under the carpet, and <laughs> uh, like in the the like uh, in in Assassin's Creed Four, they just completely do away with that. You you just in the real world elements, you're playing a games tester in a in a, a video game company uh, that's. A, another part of Abstergo and then I can't even remember what happened in the real world stuff in um, Assassin's Creed's um, Syndicate uh, so even Ubisoft have started to move away from that storyline stuff because it is nonsense and this goes in with both feet yeah. it's like this film would have could have been interesting if it was 5% Michael Fassbender in the real world's Mm-hmm. nonsense 95 percent running around in you know medieval spain yeah cut out that all those people cool. cut out all the other people because there was no point having them at all because yeah. they they have no bearing on the film there's nothing because at all they spend so little time in in uh like 1400s andalusia yeah you miss like so why you don't understand it's never fully explained why they need to protect this boy what exactly is the the situation between um the uh, inquisition and the ottomans uh, what exactly the, the relate like he's got some sort of relationship with one of the female assassins yeah but it's it's like it's so surface deep like so, so <laughs> like there's there's nothing to it it's so shallow they're like at one point, spoilers, she dies, and Ooh. I guess we're supposed to feel something, and I felt nothing, because nope. I knew nothing about her character. Didn't even know her name. Just Spanish no. woman. No, yeah, exactly. Spanish woman that the Angus likes. Um, <laughs> and that's it. It's like they spent such so little time in the actual interesting bit that I didn't care about any of it. Yep. And then the stuff that's happening in the modern times was so boring... I didn't care about any of that either, and I don't understand. I don't know why. How I finished the whole film. <laughs> now, how many times have you watched it? Have you watched it just the once? This was the first time I had watched it all the way through. I've watched it one and three quarter. I've watched it twice. <laughs> wow! Oh god! Well, I watched it once a couple of months ago. Um, my girlfriend and I had gone away, and 
uh, our son was sleeping in the hotel room, so she's like, I want to go to the bar. I'm like, you go to the bar. I'm going to watch Assassin's Creed on my iPad. And I was like, wow, that was terrible. And then you and I were talking. You're like, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about yeah. Assassin's Creed. I'm like, ugh. I'm going to have to watch <laughs> it again? <laughs> Boo. But, I mean, I bought it totally blind anyways. It. Ex- well, I was expecting it to be a train wreck, and at least it didn't <laughs> let me down that it was a train wreck. Um, But, like, you're saying that they didn't spend any time in the past, like, with the cool stuff. But they also didn't really spend any time in the present. Like, it's just, like, mushed together, and you don't care about either storyline because neither one has given you anything to be invested in. Well, no, you spend quite a lot of time in the present. It's just nothing happens. Literally, Fair enough. nothing happens. Like, he has a few sort of conversations. Like, he sits and has a bit of a conversation with uh, Michael K. Williams' character. Mm. He has a few conversations with Marion Cotillard, and that's when you get that, you know crucial bit of information that he was sentenced to death for killing a pimp um and you find out that her mother was also killed by an assassin and some other nonsense and like maybe oh. they were both called martha <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a little bit of like mother uh, sorry uh, father daughter tension between marion cotillard and jeremy irons and but it's but nothing happens and the dialogue is so bad that oh yeah you just don't oh, come care on. what's happening the part where he's fighting the ghost of angus in his room and then security comes in and drags him out and he's fighting them and then he's Crazy. screaming yes at the top of his lungs that killed me <laughs> both times i watched it just because it was funny but i don't think it's meant to be funny no, no i don't really think it was he is no. screaming that in her face <laughs> and it's just like yeah. okay there's another line where she says uh, we're here to combat aggression and surely cure aggression would make more sense Combat is a very aggressive word. Yep. And you've had five writers on this team doing this, and not one of them picked up on the crazy logic behind that line at all. There's some stupid lines in this film. There is, yeah. There is just a whole lot of nonsense. <laughs> your, blood is not, your blood is not your own. Oh, yes. That's a favorite. Yeah. yeah it, it belongs to the creeds. Thanks, Brendan Gleeson. <laughs> that was great. Brendan yeah, you- Gleeson. At yeah, Brendan Gleeson going full Irish, and yet, well, 30 years ago, it wasn't Irish at all. Nope. No. He just picked up, watching, just kept on watching episodes of Graham Norton when he was wrapped <laughs> in the Abstergo place and picked Father up the Ted accent. Luke. That, and, that and Father Ted, yeah. <laughs> so I hear you're a racist now, Father. <laughs> I just did have a little cursory look, just because I was curious. Now, two of the characters in the film are actually based on real historical people. So, really? you know the... You know the the monk guy with the weird haircut? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's got the the weirdest bald cap you've ever seen. It looks terrible. Yeah, yeah. The the guy with the shitty bald cap. He is based on a real person, Thomas de Torquemada, who was the first Grand Inquisitor of Spain at that time. And then the the Sultan... Muhammad was the final sultan of Granada before the 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 Catholics took over that part of Spain. Yeah. But I they're not exactly well-known people. No. Like you think of like the historical people that have come up in um previous Assassin's Creed games. So in Assassin's Creed uh 2 you've got um 
the the Medici's and like more it's quite likely that people have heard of the Medici's people would have heard of the Borgias people would have well you imagine most people would have heard of the the people involved in Assassin's Creed 3 like uh, Ben Franklin and people like that oh, you have George Washington yeah. and you have Da Vinci in the games too so. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah exactly you got people you know but like I've never heard of these fuckers and I you know I quite like a bit of history I never heard of these guys at all <laughs> there's not many periods of history they could have picked that are less well known than territorial squabbles in uh, in Spain in the 1400s. It's just <laughs> fucking weird that I decided that's, to set it there. That's first grade history, surely. No, I never covered it. Back to the story. More, yeah, more stuff happens. <laughs> he does, and then he runs away, and then does to do a massive leap of faith, and then recreating that in the present breaks the animus, and then some shit happens, and all the other inmates at the Abstergo place break out and start beating up the guards and like breaking open. For some reason, there's just glass cabinets everywhere full of old assassin weapons. So they go and they go and break those <laughs> open and arm themselves. Yeah, but. When you're talking about his leap of faith, like the way she says it when he jumps, she's like, leap of faith. Leap of like, faith. Like everyone's supposed to know what that is. I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> you don't know. He just jumped off a rock. You don't know. What's that even mean? She saw him do that earlier in the film <laughs> when they jumped off the top of a church thing and landed ah, on some. Yeah. Thinking about True. it as well. This goes back to when he's uh, first riding his BMX in Mexico in 1986. He rides doesn't he does a jump of faith but he doesn't make it oh right so okay. you, oh the, there's many levels to this film oh, this, wow this is like an, this is like an <laughs> onion oh They're my all god coming together god, this is time to so make sense many now. layers <laughs> jeremy irons and marion cotillard escape on a helicopter and they go off to some place where all the other templars are there london the, uh somewhere in london and <laughs> he opens up a the apple and oh god someone else explain the rest of this film uh shiny lights and uh, things of yeah. uh, a slit throat with the least amount of blood ever. Yeah. Oh yeah, through the collar. Oh no, before that he has a very tense conversation with Marion Cotillard and he's like, I need to do this. And she says, I can't do it. And he's like, Well, I'm gonna go and do it anyway. And she's like, Okay. And then he does it. And then immediately afterwards she's like, I'm ne- I'm he's gonna mine. seek revenge. He's mine. I must I must get revenge because I stood here and let it happen and <laughs> was kind I was kind of okay with it, but now I'm not, so <laughs> <laughs> I literally could have just looked to someone and said, hey, by the way, something's about to happen. But no, yeah. no, 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 we're good. I'm <laughs> yeah. in charge now. Stop, assassin. No, I'll just stand <laughs> I'm just going to do nothing and then let it happen and then be really upset about it afterwards. I didn't think he was actually going to do it. <laughs> I thought he was kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. At some point during the film, we discover that Aguila uh, in the past gave the apple to Christopher Columbus. Oh, right. Yes, because it was 1492. Yeah. Sailed the ocean blue, all that stuff. <laughs> so they just go grave robbing and steal yeah. it, and everyone's fine with that, apparently. Okay. Yeah. So they break open Christopher Columbus's tomb and steal the apple, and then, yeah, so on and so forth. But the whole research institute has created the whole animus thing, yeah? They get paid $3 billion per year. Now, we know this because... Well, yeah, by the template, because um, we find out that they're going to pull the, fu- the funding because Charlotte Rampling comes in and says, I'm going to pull your funding. And um, Jeremy Irons gets all sniffy. 
Three billion dollars a year. Why didn't they just go around the world just digging shit up until they found it? You could have done a lot of digging for three billion a year. And you wouldn't have to research into time travel or anything. Well, you'd think they could have done something else with said time travel, like the animus in general. It's like, you know what? We don't need the stupid apple. We have this thing and can send people back in time with their ancestors and whatnot. That's way cooler than yeah, this apple. There's so many fuzzy logic blobs on this. It's great. But that's the fuzzy logic that's been through the entire <laughs> series of games. It's like, well, you know, the Templars were a real thing because they went off crusading in the Middle East and had a jolly good time yeah. of it. And the assassins were a thing. Um, it's where you get the word hashish from, actually. Pop fact of the day yeah. from Hash Hashin. Um, Thank you, QI, for teaching me that. And um, William Shakespeare created the word assassin. I did not know that. There you go. Uh, something Stephen Fry did not teach me. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's, yeah, there's some very, very loose historical basis for how the whole thing starts. And then it just becomes basically the New World Order stuff and the people's conspiracy theories about the Bilderberg group and what's his name's crazy, the, the old ex-goalkeeper who starts talking started talking about lizard oh, people. David Icke. David Icke stuff about lizard people. You just combine that into <laughs> one thing and have the shady group called the Assassins who, who throughout history are trying to stop them using wrist blades... The and most apples. Of, the most effective of, of weapons, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you have to remember, in order to use said wrist blade, you have to cut off your ring finger. No, uh, yeah, but again, <laughs> you only see one person get it, and that's Angus. Everybody else seems to have a full set of fingers. It's kind of like a brief nod to something that happened... In once. The, once in the very very beginning <laughs> of the franchise and then didn't happen to any of the other assassins since then so he would have had one of the later generations of blades surely uh, I fuck knows <laughs> God, fuck knows I do maybe not maybe that's why ah, ah no hang on a minute that's how it was explained I'm sure they said something on the lines it was like oh they'll cut your ring finger off because you are now married to the assassins or some nonsense like that no 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 they're going to chop yeah. a bit off and each person has a different bit chopped off you know you're lucky if it's just your ear or something if it's your knob you're screwed or not <laughs> Trabajamos en la oscuridad para servir a la luz. Somos asesinos. Why did Justin Kurtzel get involved? Why did Michael Fassbender and Marion Cotillard and people who should know better, why did they sit down, read this script and say, yes, I am on board? Because it, it did now, I didn't look up anything because no. Um, but did it make money or was it a flop? It may it cost 125 million. Mm -hmm. The rule of thumb is that if a film costs 100, a film costs X to make, mm, yep. double that yep. because because of the so 250 million. Okay, we'll say as a rough budget, and it grossed yeah. 240 million dollars worldwide. Yeesh. Ouch! But yeah. they would look at that, and well, Fastbender likes to do smaller independent things, anyways. So sometimes they look at like, okay, we'll do this big, huge thing that whatever I'm going to get paid, and now I can take that money and go do this other thing with it. Yeah, so yes. I would lean more towards that's why he did it. Jeremy Irons is probably more like, oh, I can't make another Die Hard movie, so <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I might as well do this. 
he owns a castle in Ireland, and I imagine the upkeep on that's pretty expensive. Exactly. So, so it's yeah. like, yeah, we'll just fair enough. Yeah. He needs the money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Brendan Gleeson at this point probably doesn't give a shit. I mean, the guy was in Lake Placid, so that movie's great. You it, watch your mouth. Yes. Yeah. Watch it. That's <laughs> Lake Placid's fantastic. I'm sorry, man. Seriously, any, any movie you Lake have a Placid. Wait, is- where you have Betty White call someone a cocksucker, that movie's automatically yeah. at the top right there. That's literally the only good thing about no, that. No, that movie is wonderful. The dialogue is superb. Oh, Oliver Platt and Brandon Gleeson against each other was oh, so good. yes. I hate sarcastic people. You're being sarcastic now, aren't you? <laughs> Speaking of sarcasm, at one point during that <laughs> film, Brendan Gleeson says the line, everybody's a comedian sarcastic. Yep, <laughs> yep, it's awesome. That's the line. <laughs> like he obviously read the bit of dialogue that was in parentheses. Say that line sarcastically. He's like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna go with it." Direction, <laughs> and they went with it, and they kept it in, and it's brilliant. It's a brilliant, brilliant. Film. So when she, when it's... Betty White's telling him that all, she hopes all of his friends die, and he's like, "She's like, I can't get arrested for that. Hoping death upon you and your friends, can I?" It's so good. <laughs> so good such a good movie <laughs> i wish we could go on talking about more interesting films but we have to go back to talking about assassin's creed i'm afraid so anyway when uh, cal does meet brendan gleason is that actually brendan gleason then that is yeah. his dad yes allegedly right yeah and he let himself so, go while he was in the Stogo yes he did place. <laughs> yeah he must be really feeding him well in that place yeah <laughs> and why is he there for 30 years is he just hanging about if he's got the blood, I don't understand this at all. No, I think the mother, ha- I think he got the the blood, like, it was his mother's right. blood that, that, so he couldn't do anything. So, they couldn't so do anything why is he him. an assassin in the first place? If he's got none of the blood, why is he part of the Assassin's Creed? They should have gone there and be like, oh, you killed her. Well, we're going to kill you now. Where'd the boy go? Huh? He was, uh, no, he may have been an assassin, but he didn't, ha- he didn't have, um, uh, Aguila's blood. He wasn't uh, a descendant of Aguila, his, the mum was. Yep. Okay. I'm guessing, because again, it's not explained. <laughs> Nothing's explained. We're just, we're just having to fill in the dots. So I guess that the mother was the, the descendant, and that's why he killed her, because she apparently asked him to, so that the Abstergo couldn't get him. It's like, I'm sure, like that's pretty drastic. Why not? I don't know. Move. But Mexico's really cheap, especially in 1986. It's very hard to get real estate that cheap. They're coming. Just stab me in the neck, please. That yeah. she she asked me to stab her. That's what she said. That was her wishes. The stupid thing about that is, is like the only option to stop Abstergo getting hold of the, the mum is to kill her. She's a fully trained assassin. I'm assuming she was an assassin or something. Yeah. I'm guessing it said that. Okay, so the only way for an assassin to escape Abstergo is for her to be killed. Meanwhile, the son, who has no assassin's training whatsoever and is a child, is told to just run. Yep. Yeah. Now, why would you and hide the fuck? Like, wouldn't Canada have been a more intelligent place to go? Like, Brendan Gleeson and Michael Fassman are probably the two whitest people around. Absolutely. They're going to be pretty easy to spot in Mexico. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Even if he does walk around wearing that silly hood all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's (laughs) nonsense. Wait, 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 wait. Um, We're how long into this now? And now we're back at the beginning of the movie? Something terrible has happened. We've made an awful mistake. It's because the film makes no sense. You sound like one of the producers. <laughs> because the film makes no sense, there's no way to coherently talk about it in a straight line. 
Because you just have to keep going all over the place, but just remembering, oh, God, yeah, that nonsense <laughs> happened, and oh, this shit happened, and oh, God. Yeah, but that's what the film does. That jumps all <sighs> over the place. It goes from 1492 to 1986 to 2016, which isn't 2016, it's 1992. And that's all in the first 10 minutes. That's before the credits. We shall vote to discontinue your obstacle project. We feel that giving you three billion annually would be better spent elsewhere. Do you want to hear some depressing news? Go on. In March 2016, Daphne Yang, the CEO of the film's Taiwanese co-financier Catchplay, stated that New Regency was looking to turn the film into a franchise since it's based on successful Ubisoft games and would make ideal sequels. Yay! Two additional films are planned, with the first sequel entering development during the production of the initial film, and Kurtzel told Premiere that he would like to explore the Cold War in a sequel. Get in. Oh, it's a shame Uwe Boll's retired. Yeah. He'd do brilliantly this. He would, yeah. Dr. Uwe Boll. Yes. Um, to be fair, I don't think he could make it worse. <laughs> I mean, I like the game House of the Dead, and I saw the movie House of the Dead. I don't know if either one of you saw that. No. But I've seen clips. There's actual transition shots, like, in the movie. Instead of being swipes or anything, it's literal footage from the game. And in one of those transition <laughs> shots, there's like a group of people walking towards the camera firing guns, and the camera's pulling away, and you can see the dolly track. No, it's, didn't it's, edit it out it's in genius. the final edit. Yeah. So bad. But yep. still, I would give him, like, he would probably still do better than that. Yeah. <laughs> I like him. Yeah, he couldn't do worse. Exactly. And uh, Kurtzel, whatever his first name is, Justin Kurtzel. <laughs> Yeah, I think we've got to give it some props, though. The, this do. film isn't completely crazy bad, but um, yeah, there's, there's some great action sequences for a start off. It's not you know, the worst thing I've ever seen. It's very nice looking, and uh, it's supposedly it's 80% in the camera stuff. There's not a lot of CGI, which I find completely unbelievable, because you've got stuff like the um, the Leap of Faith, for instance, where it's supposed to be the highest fall a stuntman's done in 35 years, but it's completely wasted because they then just keep cutting around it and showing you loads of stuff that's definitely CGI, and it could basically have been a stuntman jumping off a table. You were executed and pronounced dead. And so far, as anyone in the world knows or cares, you no longer exist. I don't need the movie to perfectly follow the game, but when you've got what? So you have one, two, and three, Brotherhood and Revelations, and then the other three and Black... There's nine games. I just wanted to follow its own story. That would be nice. But that's what I mean. Like, you have nine games of <laughs> lore to work with. If you're, like, working yeah. with, if you're working from, like, the yeah the main line, Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed 2, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, Assassin's Creed Revelations, Assassin's Creed 3, which is actually the fifth game in the series, Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, which is actually the sixth, Assassin's Creed Rogue, Assassin's Creed Unity, and Assassin's Creed Syndicate, plus... There are nine games. Yeah, plus a bunch of, like, mobile games and, uh, you know, the Legends. The DS game as well. Uh, fuck knows, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you have such a world to work with and this is what you came out with you literally have the entirety of human history to work with <laughs> <See>? <laughs> right so i'm completely flummoxed by the whole game thing right because i've come out of this as a film so 
can somebody please explain what's going on with the fucking eagles? Because there's eagles all over the place, and there were never that many eagles in Spain. I, th- I think the only thing with that is that when you climb to the top of a tall building in an Assassin's Creed game, and you and you perch on the edge of a thing, and you go to scan the horizon, it's called eagle vision. Yeah. Oh and right. Like, okay. Yeah. Fuck. That, that that's um, it though. That's that's literally right. it. Yeah, you you there's there's always an eagle's nest at the top of one of those climbing things, and you use eagle vision to see. Like it's like Batman's detective vision, basically, yeah. and it's just nonsense. And you can only use it at, up there. That's the only place it works. Yeah. Ah, that explains all those lovely crane shots. Then that they keep pouring into every yes. piece of action sequence. Yep. Right. Got you. Yep. Because that made no sense. So we're like, oh, this looks great, fantastic. The first time you see it, then after the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth, it starts to really start to wind you up. Uh, The critical consensus, Assassin's Creed is arguably better made and certainly better cast than most video game adaptations. Unfortunately, the CGI-fueled end result is still a joylessly overplotted slog. Can't really argue with that. I can argue with the fact that it's overplotted because I can't find any <laughs> fucking plot in it at all. I didn't see it in the theater. I bought the, the Blu-ray when it came out blind, knowing oh. what I was getting into, but still being like, all right, it, maybe it's not, maybe I'll find something. Nope. Nope. <laughs> see, I didn't pay any money uh, to, to watch this film. Bravo. Uh, and I think that if I had, I would have been even more furious than I am now. You started this, Sophie. You don't get to walk away. We both know what happens next. So, for the benefit of the listener, we just had to take a quick break because our brains were melting and I needed to have a stiff drink because talking about this film is almost as painful as watching it was. I'm drunk. So, (laughs) we'll skip to the end. Please. The film happened. Nobody's happy about it. I don't remember <laughs> seeing any, like, posts. Now, here's an honest question for you, though. After watching this train wreck, would you watch a second one? Yep. Uh, it would have exactly. to be... It would have to be set... Like, the historical bits would have to be set in a particularly interesting part of history. The Cuban Missile Crisis. Let's do that. It could cross over with X-Men. It's called, yeah, X-Men First Class, yeah. <laughs> oh, damn it. Michael Fassbender can play three roles in that one. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, 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 on, you know, knee-jerk reaction after having watched it again today, I'd say no, never. I don't want to watch this one again. Don't want to watch a sequel. But I They could st- do a Planet of the Apes where um, they made the first one and then the second one they half the budget and made the second one then the third one they half the budget of the second one and made the third one then the fourth one they half the budget again and filmed it in a car park yeah good do yeah uh, and then in 20 years 20 30 years you'll get rebooted and actually be all right um, or critically re- reassessed yeah <laughs> uh, no this film is not going to be critically reassessed it is I already am <sighs> really I'm loving it. Really? Yeah, the more I talk about it, the more I want to watch oh, it again. no. No. You're a liar. You're a yeah, dirty, you dirty liar. You are. It's bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, nobody comes out of this film smelling of roses. Is there anything else we want to talk about this? Because I just want to go and die. <laughs> I got nothing on it. I mean, I think we've beaten the dead horse to death twice. This makes two for two for you appearing on episodes where we talk about shit films. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. thanks for that. <laughs> appreciate it. Anytime. <laughs> Whose idea was this in the first place? Uh, mine. <laughs> well, the issue is we're also talking about video game movies, which is a pretty, pretty shallow well to work out of yeah. anyways. Now, if we if we wanted to talk about Doom at some point, I would definitely be on board to talk about that train yeah. wreck. Or um, <laughs> does Halo Forward Unto Dawn count as a film? Because it was sort of a mini-series and then got compressed into a film. Does it count as a game? Zing! Ooh! <laughs> there have now been quite a few pretty good, um, thoroughly enjoyable, at least, uh, adaptations of comic book movies. And the comic books that they're based on are... On the whole, and I'm saying this as a fan of comic books, really dumb. Uh, yep. Why can they do it with comic books and not with with video games? Because they have one person in charge of all of it. That's true. As far as Marvel goes, it's the, what is it? Kevin Feig yeah. is that his name? Yeah. I'm speculating. He's in charge of all of it. So, like, okay, we have this universe that we're all working in. Everybody's got to play nice because all of all of the stuff connects. So you got that? We you don't have that with video games because uh, there could have been. You have all the different. There's been stuff. moments where it like could have come together. Like um, I can't remember what it was, but there was a video game adaptation that, that Guillermo del Toro was interested in doing. Uh, but it's just it's just Halo. one of the no uh, uh, that was oh yeah he was like going to be producing oh, no, that. that no that was Peter uh, yeah, Jackson, Peter Jackson I'm sorry. was doing that Peter and I think Guillermo del Toro was involved yep. tangentially, but that was going to be directed by um, Neil Blomkamp. Um, that I think could have been good, but uh, it just seems to be the ones that get made um, just have so little thought put into the actual script. So you can hire a decent director and you can hire a decent cast and you can hire a, a decent cinematographer and everything, but the, if the script you're working from is sheer dog shit, which it always is, yeah. then there's not yeah. a lot you can do. It's like, why don't you, why don't you work with the writers from the games? I'm sure yeah, if, like... Yeah. If you wrote the Assassin's Creed game, they're like, hey, we're going to make a movie. Would you like to write it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I have all the ideas because I created it. Like, work with the people that created the source material. It's like uh, there's been talk for a while, and I don't know whether it will happen or not, about them making a film adaptation of The Last of Us. Uh, and that was going to be written by uh, Neil Druckmann from uh, Naughty Dog. And it's like, okay, that makes sense. Because he yeah. was in charge of the story for that game. That's that's that makes sense. Pick a game that was written by someone like Neil Druckmann or or Ken Levine or someone like that. Get them to write the film adaptation of it. Consult them throughout the making of the film, and it might turn out all right. I would like to see a nice, a, a good Dragon Age movie because I, I haven't played Inquisition. I have it, but haven't played it. But I've played the other two. Sort of played the second one. I played a lot of Origins. But I've read the three books written by David Gator, who wrote the um, the games. Mm -hmm. So, like, go play in that world. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Again, well, um, go with someone who with the source. We material. found out last week that uh, Netflix are going to be making a TV series adaptation of The Witcher, but it's going to be based more closely on the novels than the video game. I haven't played much of The mm. Witcher. I'm curious about getting the books. Um, just add them to the stack. Yeah. Uh, my my two read stack and my two play stack. They're both very uh, very, <laughs> very much shame involved. <laughs> um, but um, I have The Witcher two and three, and I haven't played either. Um, mine's still but, sealed. The Witcher three is incredible. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Um, 
just an incredible game, but an incredible piece of storytelling as well. My my girlfriend's read some yep. of um, Andrei Sapkov, Sap, Sapkovsky, Sapkovska, however his name is, um, mm. his sure. novels, uh, and she thoroughly enjoys them. So I'm excited about that. But again, that's that's going to be based more on the novel than on the video game. But at least they're going down the right route of like going straight to the source, go straight to the guy who wrote the novels. Consult yeah. him on on on, on making the the, the, the yep. adaptation. Even if he's even if he's not writing the movie or the show or whatever, be like, all right, here's what we got. Give give us like a, a proofread through it real quick, and be like, yeah, no, uh, change that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. work on it with them, but not necessarily even have to be the one that's the main yeah. writer. But like, consult people that actually worked on the stuff that you're trying to make for the fans of said thing so yeah that was assassin's creed the film um if you haven't seen it already and you've listened to this episode please for the love of god don't watch it it's fucking awful no do 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 don't because or actually you know what watch it and then tweet at us and let us know what your thoughts yeah all right please if if and we're gonna call you a masochist for doing it but that's neither if at all possible Get the get it out of the library, or find it on a streaming service, or borrow it from a friend who's who bought it and will still let you borrow it. No, no good, no good <laughs> friend should let you borrow this film. But if you can at all watch it without paying, then um, then yeah, do. But bear in mind, you're going to lose two hours of your life that you will never get back. No, I I I recommend that everybody watches it because then you can watch this and basically watch. Any old toss, and it's gonna seem like it was the best written thing you've ever seen. That's a good point, actually. I could pro, I, yeah, I would probably recommend this. Like, if for whatever reason you had to, and I don't know why this would be the case, but if you had to watch something like Grown Ups Two, um, <laughs> or Jack and Jill, or any modern Adam Sandler film, um, watch Assassin's Creed first. And then watch the Adam Sandler film afterwards, and it will seem like Citizen Kane. You need to lower that bar. It's like drinking a shot of bleach to clean your palate. <laughs> anyway, gentlemen, thank you for joining me on this horror show. The pleasure yeah. was all mine. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I think we're going to need to set a rule going forward that Kev doesn't pick the films that we talk about, because wasn't it your <laughs> decision to do uh, Silent Hill as well? Yep. Yep, you yep, bastard. Yep. You're a sadist. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love them all. <laughs> well, we'll let someone else pick the films going forward, at least for a while, until you've redeemed yourself. But anyway. I'll see, I'm, I'm back in the bad corner. Yes, you are, yeah. Damn. Anyway, thanks, gentlemen, for joining, and uh, thanks, everyone out there, for listening, if you did manage to make it through to the end of this episode. Um, I'm surprised we did get this far through the episode without anyone breaking down in tears. Um, although I've come close a few times. But if you have seen the film um, and you can put together coherent thoughts about it, uh, probably more coherent than this episode has been, then you can send us a tweet to at LapsedGamer uh, or you can send us an email to uh, LapsedGamerRadio at gmail.com and, yeah, we'll we'll have a good... we'll have a look through those and have a good laugh and share in your pain. Yeah, that's it. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.
we just have that on the cover from now on on the DVDs, please? You know, forget super intelligent uh, screenwriting, The Times, or um, fantastic Loved It Nuts magazine. <laughs> it's a dumpster fire, Laps Gamer Radio. Yay! <laughs> <laughs>